And it all comes down to this. Two on, two out. Bottom of the ninth. The Farmers lead by one. Full count. Here comes the play at the plate. And it's the Agview pitch. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Agview pitch. And uh, we're kind of wrapping up a week here of uh, markets that kind of did a lot of not too much this week. And I've got Grant Chemek on here with me to have a little conversation on wrapping this week up. Uh, Grant, how's it going this afternoon? Good, good. You? Uh, hanging in there, just kind of watching some of this corn in some of these dry areas start to roll up, especially some of the stuff that was uh, planted late uh, in our area. We had about a third of the crop went in kind of on the late end of the window in that June time frame, and that stuff's really showing some stress right now with this with the uh, dry weather. Right, yeah, I'm hearing that in a few areas, some parts of Mississippi River Valley and over into Illinois, too, starting to dry out. Yeah, definitely. So I guess just wanted to uh, have a little conversation with you. It won't be very long one here, but just kind of see what your thoughts were from the week. I know they're you know, it seems like, you know, what do we talk about here when uh, <laughs> there's just a lot, not a lot of news out there? Uh, anything that we should be thinking about or looking at on the, on the markets right now? Well, that's definitely true. It's a grind and there's nothing to support it here. The bull's not being fed of any kind and hasn't been for a while. And we're drifting lower. We did close below the week of July 11th, which historically to me isn't a very good thing to have happen. I think there's a lot of people still looking at the gap that is still on the chart, just above 220. I don't think that it means anything necessarily if we fill that gap. I know it does to some people, but uh, I think just as long as it's just a probe and a jab under 420, I think that's something that can be recovered from. But in any event, we need some kind of narrative to build to be bullish. Otherwise, we can do this for, for some time. And the market has a way of going always a little further and a little longer, whether it be time and or price to, to really test your resolve. And, you know, it, when it comes to hedging opportunities, you know, this year has been tough for a lot of people to, to find that moment where they were willing to lay off risk in many cases. But um, that's just what we're dealing with. Gotcha. What, uh, what do you think? I mean, it just feels like we've been kind of leaking here and and on on the prices, as you kind of just alluded to. But, you know, are we are we still kind of in a technical trade attitude um, with no fundamentals being there? I mean, how what are we going to need to to spike, you know, to give us get to feed the bull, I guess, is a better question. I mean, we're starting to hear some dry weather uh, concerns. You, you look at the drought monitor from the week before to, to where it is, you're starting to see some little dry areas pop up. How long does it take the market from a fundamental standpoint to start to do anything for this? I know that's the question I'm getting from some of the guys that are in the dry areas. They're calling now and saying, Hey, we're dry. We're dry. You know? Right. Right. Uh, what, well, what's for, for dryness, the, the thing we lack right now is temperature. So yes, it's dry and, as a producer, you can walk out and see the cracks in the ground, and you know you haven't gotten moisture for in some cases. And I talked to a guy um, along the Mississippi, uh, far southeast corner of Iowa, today, and he hadn't had rain in in some time. And but the, it lacks heat. The market typically you got to have heat 
to get the excitement there. Mm-hmm. But if we can continue the dry pattern, it's probably a couple of weeks out. And we'll probably need something else to kind of be a trigger, but maybe a couple things in in unison with that will make things happen. Obviously, you've got on August 12th, we've got the the revised acreage report and crop production. So that's probably one would have to think there has to be something positive in that. That can't be cold water yet again in a major way and expect that we can just keep we're gonna we're gonna recover and the and and ramp from it so i really think we have to have some positive price action out of that report on the 12th and then that combined maybe with some other elements like this drying out is going to be enough to to turn the turn the ship and get us kind of one of those august early september moments where we get some spikes up and it was something we can work with I have a question for you a little bit on the on the spread difference. You know, you look at corn and soybeans and, you know, it seems like, you know, corn was going down, beans were going up there some during the week and is mm-hmm. almost making me wonder, you know, is there some action going on there where people are playing that a little bit and and taking advantage of that, narrowing up a little bit? Is there anything, any anything going on there do you think because i know you know Dwayne's talked about you know well if this corn market starts to go up beans got the really got a, a bigger maybe a bigger story just because of where they're at price relative to corn and wheat but if if corn and wheat drift lower you know what's your thought there well number one you're you're right this week i mean if, if anything beans held ground while corn gave it up and there's, you, you can assume there's some play going on there just because of historical spread values. In uh, your question was if, if corn, as far as if corn and wheat would continue to erode, is that, that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, if they continue lower, I mean, do you see that gap narrowing at all or do beans just stay that far out? Right now, as we, obviously, as we get into August, much more key for soybeans. Soybeans can probably hold some kind of premium just in and of that while corn and wheat had some erosion. I think that's possible, at least going into next week. So without a doubt, and naturally it doesn't look very exciting, but just by default, then the spreads have some improvement. Okay. Um, On on basis, and that's kind of probably the last thing, unless you can think of anything else, but basis has been, you know, really strong in a lot of areas but it has softened up in a few pockets and uh had some news yesterday um with pete meyer on the other podcast we did talking about some of the ethanol plants actually closing down in the east now um just because you know the basis got up to where you know they were paying five dollars for corn and nobody and they still couldn't shake corn loose or enough you know do you what, what kind of impact do you think you know, some of these ethanol plants shutting down, particularly in the east. And, you know, does that have much of an effect, in your opinion, on basis as we move back towards the west? Or is that something we need to be watching? It, it's, uh, it all matters. And it definitely is not good for the psychology of the market because we had basis come in, you know, in, in some parts of the east, 10, 15 cents off of what it was two, three weeks ago. And definitely in here in the west, uh, two cents to eight cents in a lot of locations that I've looked at this week. Absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't help. 
we we do have, and this is obviously more more of an issue for soybeans, but at the moment, but anybody who had some basis contracts on the August, those things have some pressure. There's some flow there that this naturally happens. So, you know, we get past the end of this month and we start a new month. I think that's where we need to see that basis hold together or it ends up being a lot like other years where you get in the August, September timeframe and you know how many times you heard the situation where like, where's all this grain coming from? And you have that second harvest. I don't not, I'm not trying to make the, make the case that that's what we're going to see this year, but those are types of things that are in the back of everybody's mind as we flip the calendar from July to August in any year. Right. Sounds good. Well, you know, like I said, there's not a lot we can really talk about here. And so we didn't keep this long, but is there any final thoughts or anything that you can think of that we need to be paying attention to as we kind of wrap up here for the week? You know, if we go into next week, especially Monday, Tuesday, and we, and we run the stops below where we've traded, say the last couple of weeks, say beans under 890 and corn probably under that gap on the D's under 420, uh, that can happen. I would just uh, prefer that and probably do need to see that we're back above 890 on beans and above 420 on corn when we end next week. Otherwise, we probably have done some damage. It's going to take some some basing and time to rebuild. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Grant. Uh, appreciate it. Like I said, we wanted to keep this one short, and, and we'll be in touch with you a bunch more as as things develop, because as, as you and I talked before we started the podcast here offline, there is so much variability out here and so much unknown. Um, volatility will probably continue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, right. everybody, thanks. Thanks a lot for joining and uh, on this podcast with the AgView Pitch, and we will catch you next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the AgView Pitch. As always, you can reach out to us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com or Dwayne L at netends.net. We'll catch you next time on the AgView Pitch.